0: Welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Terry Walls. Dr. Terry Walls is a clinical professor at the University of Iowa, where she conducts clinical trials testing the efficacy of therapeutic lifestyle to treat multiple sclerosis-related symptoms. In addition, she is the author of The Walls Protocol, and she is has just came out with the revision, The Walls Protocol, A Radical New Way to Treat All Chronic Autoimmune Conditions Using Paleo Principles and Paperback. It was such an honor to have Dr. Walls on uh, the podcast, and I hope you feel inspired. And please, please check out her book. She just has such a wealth of knowledge and really speaking from her deep personal experience with recovery and her health. So please enjoy the podcast. Welcome, Dr. Walls. It's an honor to interview you on the podcast
1: today. Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Well, I'm really excited to have this conversation, and many of my audience knows who you are. Often in practice, I was mentioning already to you that diet can be so confusing, especially when people are dealing with a complex chronic illness, and there's so much information out there that people get paralyzed, and I've always recommended your approach for my patients because it's just really comprehensive, and it hits really, from my um, opinion, really the main um, areas that people who are struggling with chronic, especially neurological conditions, really need to focus on. So I am so grateful for the work that you put out into the world, and I'm excited to just learn more from you today.
1: That, well, yes, that, that is wonderful.
0: Yeah. So Dr. Walls, you obviously have a personal journey that got you to this place where you're making a in- big impact on people's life, and you're also trying to change medicine, no no small feat, right? Um, but how did you, just tell us a little bit about your story, your diagnosis, and really how you really
1: recovered your health. So I'm an internal physician, internal medicine, and uh, an academic here at the University of Iowa. I was uh, pretty skeptical about diet and lifestyle and uh, special supplements, you know, but God works in mysterious ways. Uh, in 2000, I started having difficulty with my left leg Uh, Ultimately, it was evaluated with MRIs of my brain, my spinal cord. saw a neurologist uh, who told me that I had uh, multiple sclerosis, and I wanted to treat my disease aggressively. So I did some research, and I found the best MS center here in the Midwest, uh, saw the best people, took the newest drugs. uh, But I went steadily downhill. And um, interestingly enough, my physicians mentioned the work of Lauren Cordain. Mm -hmm. I read his papers, his books. Uh, and decided to go back to eating meat because I'd been a low-fat vegetarian for about 20 years. Um, I continued to go downhill. Uh, yeah, I gave up all grain, all legumes, all dairy. So th- this was a really big change. Um, but I uh, uh, then was in a totally Klein wheelchair. Uh, my disease had transitioned to the progressive phase of the illness, and I was told that there'd be no more spontaneous improvements. Uh, so I went on to take uh, mitoxantrone, a form of chemotherapy, I continued to go downhill. Then I uh, took Tysabri, uh, the new biologic um, drug. Uh, I continued to go downhill. And so they kept trying other uh, potent immune suppressing drugs. It was apparent that uh, I was headed towards becoming bedridden, uh, quite possibly demented. I have trigeminal neuralgia uh, also as part of my MS, and that was getting more difficult to control. Um, I started reading the basic science and would begin to experiment based on what I was reading with uh, supplements. And you know, I, I figured out that that was slowing the speed of my decline. It helped my fatigue ever so slightly. And I was pretty jazzed that I was learning stuff that my neurologist and primary care doc were not telling me. Um, in the summer of 07, I discovered the Institute for Functional Medicine. I took their course on neuroprotection. I had a longer list of supplements, uh, which I added. Uh, And then I had a really big aha moment, like what if I redesigned my paleo diet uh, to stress uh, in the food, the nutrients I was taking in supplement form? So that was several more months of research, but uh, I I got ready to start this new way of eating. Now, mind you, at this point, I'm, I'm struggling with brain fog. It's difficult to walk more than 10 feet using two walking sticks. I cannot sit up in a regular chair more than 10 minutes. I have a very special recliner that lets me recline back with my knees higher than my nose. I have one at work, uh, one at home. Otherwise, I'm in bed. And it's apparent I'm going to have to quit work in the next few weeks because uh, it is just so difficult to function. Um, And I start uh, this new uh, way of eating. I go back to meditating. And I'm doing all this not to get better because I know with progressive MS, you're not going to get better. I'm just trying to keep what function I have uh, a little bit longer. Uh, And to my surprise, uh, within three months, my fatigue is gone, my brain fog is gone, my pain is gone, and I'm beginning to walk with a cane. In six months, I'm able to do a bike ride around uh, the block uh, for the first time in six years. And I'm crying, my wife's crying, my kids are crying, Um, and that's when I'm like, how much recovery might be possible. Uh, and then in 12 months, I'm able to do an 18.5 mile bike ride with my family. So this really changes how I think about disease. It will change uh, how I practice medicine. And uh, it will ultimately change uh, the focus of uh, the research and the focus of the work that I do. Wow, wow, what a, an amazing
0: story. And you know, with your story, I just, you know, of course, think, and I'm sure you, you thought throughout the process as well, like none of the results you uh, saw were placebo in any way, because you came to this from such a different paradigm. Um, and of course, your journey led to what you um, did to recover your health. But um, when, you know, when we are always in the alternative medical world and exploring all these other therapies, that question comes up often. And um, no, so I just wanted to present that. And I, um, you know, what I, I hear in your story, too, is the really the rapid um, degree that you recovered given the intense um, dietary change. I mean, three, six, nine months. I mean, that's a very, very um, short amount of time to recover from such a debilitating illness. Were your doctors just, what what were they saying to you?
1: Well, you know, it, it's really stunning. Um, so the, the intensive nutrition, I, I was also working with the physical therapist, uh, we added, uh, electrical stimulation of muscles, uh, and I was seeing the therapist, uh, you know, three times a week, mm-hmm. uh, which actually I kept that up for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so it was all in and mind you, at that time I was all in just to keep what little function I had. And my therapist and I were surprised that, you know, instead of I I was getting stronger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, it's interesting in that when you have a progressive illness for which there's no cure, uh, during that process you you come to terms with you're not going to get better, and you learn to take every day, one day at a time. And so as I was recovering, I was still in the taking every day, one day at a time, and I don't know what it means, what's happening. And it really was not until the day I got on my bike that I – thought, well, maybe I am recovering.
0: Wow. wow. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely hear you in that. And, you know, what an amazing story. And, you know, obviously for those who are listening in the conventional world still, you know, here we are, I mean, you were diagnosed right in 2000, and here we are recording this at the end of 2019. And, you know, I, I'm. it comes to mind, a new patient you know, he's in his 50s. I've just seen him over the last three months and he was diagnosed with um, primary progressive um, MS and he's been given the newest biologic, right, Aquavis. And he, you know, is um, quite ill from this medicine and doesn't look forward to it. And, you know, there's no other options that doctors are giving him. They're not talking about diet. They're not talking about Uh, framework of recovery and so um, I know through your work you're trying to speak loudly about this but I just um, you know when you think about just the last 20 years are you optimistic or um, still yeah yeah
1: actually I'm incredibly optimistic Mm -hmm. you know when I first started uh, teaching the public and teaching clinicians the neurology community uh, uh, actually the MS Society banned me as a speaker because they thought I was creating false hope Mm. And um, they were very emphatic that diet had no role uh, in people with uh, MS. But, you know, in these intervening 12 years, there's uh, many more research papers coming out uh, demonstrating that leaky gut uh, intestinal permeability is present uh, in people with uh, autoimmune dysfunction, that the, uh, there's dysbiosis uh, in people with um, MS, that gene expression is altered by what you're eating and doing. And now the uh, many neuroscientists and leading neurologists are saying, if you have multiple sclerosis, if you want to protect your brain from accelerated aging, accelerated memory loss, you need to also have a nutrient-dense diet, a stress-reducing pro- uh, practice, regular physical activity, reduce your exposure to cigarette smoke and other toxins. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, this sounds like you agree with me that you should be implementing the Walls protocol. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so uh, uh, that's exciting. There's a lot more recognition that diet and lifestyle matter that everyone should be doing this, whether or not you take uh, drugs. And there's actually now more research uh, trying to answer. um, So when could you stop the drugs? When is it safe to stop the drugs? And how do you get people off the drugs? So there's considerable excitement now for dietary intervention studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a total of like 13 studies uh, that are using food. And I want you to know is that my lab and I've been involved in five of those 13 studies. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and absolutely. So good things
0: are happening. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I ultimately am, am an optimist as well. And I, you know, I do these podcasts and I do a lot of education, and you know, it can seem grim sometimes because of what we're all up against. But I absolutely also believe um, there's a tremendous amount of hope and opportunity. And your story is not uncommon that people often may try the conventional medicine approach first and then they're led to find another more holistic viewpoint because that's what ultimately works for them. So I also see this kind of grassroots, you know, uprising within, you know, the United States of people wanting this medicine and desiring it. And, you know, it's just been wonderful to see what functional medicine has been able to do. And I know you're a big collaborator with them and, you know, creating the awareness of, um, you know, we can't just look at these, you know, single mechanistic uh, models for such complex illnesses. So, Dr. Walls, um, so when did your book come out? So when did the original Walls protocol come So the come original
1: out? one came out uh, March 14th in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, you know, at that time, uh, we hadn't had any of our research studies published yet. Uh, and there actually were no published dietary uh, interventions prospectively uh, from any any lab. Uh, so since then, uh, we've had many studies coming out, many papers coming out from our lab, uh, and now there are some other dietary intervention studies uh, that have been published as well. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, uh, so many more studies in the microbiome world, uh, in epigenetics, uh, and in the gut-brain immune uh, connection. So lots of progress in these uh, intervening five years.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so your book really started with your own personal experience and your own research. And now you're putting those ideas and what we've seen in clinical practice actually into a scientific framework where we can really document objective information that this works. Yes. And so tell us about... um, you know, uh, you've mentioned already a few, but what is the most exciting, you know, clinical trial that you are working on in your lab right now?
1: Well, uh, the trial that we just finished is the SWANK uh, diet, low-fat diet, compared to the Walls diet, and so we're in the process of analyzing that data, and we'll be submitting that um, uh, for a presentation at uh, probably the ECTRAMS meeting, uh, so... Depending on, on how that analysis goes, we'll be submitting it in the fall of 2020 or the spring of 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the the next study that we're uh, gearing up for is compare in the newly diagnosed multiple sclerosis patient, comparing a diet and lifestyle, basically the Walsh protocol without drugs to standard of care, drug therapy. And, uh, we will at baseline, collect measures of walking, thinking, vision and uh, biomarkers, including MRIs. And then we will bring people back in 12 months, and we'll repeat all those measures and compare the two groups. Uh, and and uh, because we'll have uh, you know prospective uh, clinical outcomes data and prospective brain structure data, uh, this will be, you know really, very exciting to see, you know, are people better off doing drugs? Is it just as good doing diet and lifestyle? Uh, Are they harmed doing diet and lifestyle without drugs? Those are incredibly important questions. And we're thrilled that we'll be beginning to answer those questions. Mm. Oh, I'm I'm so
0: excited that, you know, you're in the position that you're in uh, to do this research. It's so needed and what um, great information you're gaining. Um, And for, you know you know, I know since I've, um, you know, gone to school and kind of what I even learned um, in undergrad, you know, the whole field of um, looking at the brain, you know, and looking at neuroplasticity and um, looking at um, the brain's ability to heal. um, Are you seeing, you know, in your research and even in your own life, um, and again, if we've lost people, um, typically when Um, someone's diagnosed with MS, they'll get these what are called white matter lesions that come up in their MRI, which is a area of demyelination, Mm -hmm. you know, in the brain where the nervous system in the brain isn't communicating correctly and there's a loss of function. And so are you seeing a remyelination or a disappearance of the white matter lesions?
1: So certainly if if you follow uh, my tribe on either Instagram or in uh, uh, Facebook, uh, you'll see people uh, coming in and telling their story, talking about uh, the improvements in their MRI, their pr- improvements in clinical function as they embrace the protocol, and that w- can be people with MS, people with other um, uh, systemic autoimmune disorders who are, you know, stabilizing their diseases. Uh, so that's really quite remarkable. Mm-hmm. In my first study, we do have some MRIs. We've been uh, working on getting that data published. It's not yet published, so I can't comment on that. Um, In the study that we're doing now, comparing diet and lifestyle to drugs, we are collecting MRI data. I think it will probably be two years um, before we'll we'll be able to begin analyzing that data. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so probably be uh, 2023 before I can answer that question.
0: Yeah, no, well, I'm so glad you're looking at this. And just to, you know, you have the conversation and, you know, just change the framework that these are reversible, or we have the opportunity to look at, you know, uh, the brain improving. I think that's a huge, um yeah. Yeah, a huge mindset shift for um, maybe someone who's out there who hasn't heard their neurologist say that's possible. And, you know, in my own practice, um, I have seen, you know, MRIs improve, and I have um, seen, you know, white matter lesions uh, decrease, you know, as people get better. And so I've you know, just seeing that, of course, very anecdotally and, you know, just in the, um, you know, clinical practice. But, you know, what I always try to remain open to is that, um, you know, anything is possible. And even if we don't have a language for it yet in medicine, we shouldn't limit, you know, someone's ability to heal just from what the information, you know, we know today, right? Because it's always changing.
1: You know, and I want to remind people with the systemic autoimmune conditions that, you need your immune cells to come in and repair any damage to your body. Uh, and in, in our brain, our immune cells and our stem cells are there wanting to repair us if we can get rid of the inflammatory foods uh, and toxins and flood our cells and our brain cells with the supportive building blocks, uh, which is, you know, the elements upon which the WALS protocol is designed. hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, the body
0: the body will do what it needs to do to repair, given removing the stress and giving the right ingredients, right? So no, I think that's you know it's just a good um, you know it's important to put that possibility out there for people. And we were um, excited to hear your research in a few years, what comes of it. And I'm really excited to see what you find. Um, so I mean, we've covered this already in speaking, but um, I would love to hear from you. Also, I mean, have has your concept of the illness of MS? Has that changed? I mean, what do you really think are, you know, what is MS and what are the really the root causes of why MS, um, occurs in people?
1: So, um, we all, there's probably a variety of genes. Uh, it would appear 200 to 300 genes that increase your vulnerability. Uh, and that's probably true for any systemic autoimmune condition, a slightly different mix for each particular condition, but there appears to be about 200 to 300 genes that increase your risk. Uh, it also appears that a, an infection of some type likely needs to occur. Uh, it could be a uh, virus, uh limes, uh, the herpes 6 virus, HSV, um, uh, chickenpox, measles, uh, that you clear, but apparently don't clear quite correctly so there's a a latent infection and then there's the third factors which are in the epidemiology literature says a host of unknown environmental factors Hmm. that uh, I translate into diet quality, um, toxin exposures, smoking, your stress levels, your thyroid and hormone levels your uh, sex, testosterone, estrogen, uh, uh, prolactin, uh, uh, progesterone levels that all interact that will either make you more vulnerable Mm -hmm. to your autoimmune disease or less vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, even if you have both parents that have MS, there's still only about a 30% chance of getting MS as a child. Always the vast majority of risk is this complicated interaction of your infection history and your environmental history,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which means there's a lot we can do.
0: Absolutely. Right. It's empowering once we know the factors. Right. The most scary part of any of these illnesses, if they feel random and, you know, the causes are unknown and we don't know where to. Director energy. In the Walls protocol, which I absolutely want to dive deeper in on a little bit, do you, but just to your um, mentioning of infections and environmental uh, toxicants and things, do you address that or do you find that, or do you um, feel like the dietary approaches, um, you know, help improve, um, you know, our immune system capability and our, um, you know, yep. liver detoxification pathways that so we don't need to focus on that as much
1: now that we have the ability to do DNA and RNA probes uh, into our brain and our blood and all of our tissues, we're quite surprised to realize that we are not sterile, mm-hmm. that we have uh, these viruses uh, and these uh, many infections that our immune cells are, are keeping quiescent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, my, the approach that has been very successful in my clinics and in our clinical trial, is really addressing the diet and lifestyle factors, helping people improve the quality of their diet, reduce their toxin load, improve the quality of their sleep, uh, uh, improve their detox pathways. Uh, Now, we may have to investigate their hormonal status and provide interventions to resolve the hormonal imbalances. We may have to investigate uh, nutritional and... um, Uh, toxin load issues, but for the vast majority uh, in my VA, uh, where we didn't do any functional medicine testing, we just did basic primary care testing, and all we worked on were diet and lifestyle, and some very, very basic supplements, and we consistently saw remarkably uh, positive results. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. That's really um, empowering, and when we know all this information, especially as you said with more you know, more um, accurate labs around infections and documenting, you know, toxins and everything, it can feel very overwhelming. And we, I mean, you know, just to, you know, share many people who know my work, of course, we we look at all of the things you've said. And um, we do, for some people, it is very effective to come up with herbal and um, antimicrobial strategies to treat uh, the microbiome and the ecosystem, if you will, like, as we're trying Mm -hmm. to recover the body, we have to also help uh, reduce the load on, um, you know, to the mm-hmm. immune system so then the system can recover. But, you know, there's always a saying in naturopathic medicine that, you know, just this kind of really brings to life. It's it's the terrain, right? It's not so much the bug, it's the the actual, the soil, if you will. And if we can really have healthy soil, the the body will um, regulate and we will Correct. restore our health. And I think, um, I think it's an, it's an important point that I'm always reflecting on because, you know, it's really exciting when we get all this information, but it can be overwhelming. And then also, um, you know, when does it end? You know, what are we, we're never going to have a sterile body free from, you know, high titers of this or high titers of that or PCR of this. You know, it, we're, we're meant to interact with our environment. So the goal is never to have a, you know, perfect, you know, pathogen test, if that makes sense.
1: You know, I, I think um, I have more and more appreciation for the, the importance of the host Mm -hmm. and the terrain uh, and supporting the host as opposed to uh, thinking that we have to use antibiotics against the microbe.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dr. Klingert, who trained me, he always, we always reflect is like, you know, and there's science too. I mean, there are research articles to show that even um, parasitic infections serve as kind of environmental pollutant sinks, you know, in the host, meaning that when there's a there's a terrain that's overwhelmed and overburdened, they're going to be you know the immune system gets suppressed, right? And these things thrive. And so, yeah, I think it's a, just an important thing to not lose sight of, especially as we're again, um, yeah, people just have more access to all this information. Um, but no, I, I I really value your approach. Um, so, Dr. Walls, we've obviously talked about your protocol. Many people know about your protocol, but can you just walk us through like maybe a day in the life of even, I mean, are you following your protocol actively? Or are you oh kind yeah, of course. Of, if yes. I, if I, if hmm. I don't
1: follow my protocol, my trigeminal neuralgia turns on mm. and I'm incapacitated by pain. Oh wow. Oh wow. So yeah. that yeah, makes it very straightforward. Yeah.
0: Right. That's your barometer, right? Yeah. So it keeps you on track. Um, well tell me, so what's a day in the life of, you know, your lifestyle as far as, um, implementing so, the diet?
1: Um, my, my typical day I'll, uh, get up, um, Sometime between five uh, and six. Occasionally earlier, I will uh, meditate. Mm -hmm. Then I will uh, do my typical workout routine, which might be a a physical therapy uh, strength training routine. It might be swimming. It might be um, a vibration platform strengthening routine. Uh, Then I uh, brew my detox tea. And I get into my uh, near-infrared sauna, and I uh, do a sauna. Uh, And while I'm in my sauna, I will do some uh, chants uh, and singing uh, to uh, stimulate my uh, vagus nerve. Uh, And then then I come out and and, uh, have a cold shower uh, and uh, launch into my day. Now, that morning routine will usually take me about two hours, occasionally two and a half hours to do all of that. And that if I don't spend that amount of time in the self-cares with my meditation, my exercise, and my sauna, um, I I don't do as well. So I've rearranged my day to have that level of self-care in it. Uh, The other thing that many people don't uh, realize is I time restrict my eating, and I have about a two-hour period every day that I uh, eat. Mm. And then – And, you know, I'll have my my greens, my sulfur-rich vegetables, uh, cabbage, onions, uh, mushrooms, uh, deeply colored uh, uh, and my protein source. Then uh, typically uh, one week a month I will do either a water fast or a calorie-restricted fast uh, 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 for the uh, uh, benefits uh, related to fasting. So you So, so my, my typical breakfast is detox tea or green tea. Got it. Got no calories. It. Yeah, yeah. So
0: intermittent fasting rate is more and more popular. People are learning about it, right, more and more. But um so did I hear you correctly in that you said that you only eat within a two hour period every day? Typically. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're eating is that typically just one large meal and maybe a snack or two in that time period or? Um, uh, just one meal. Okay, got it. So, because. Um, yes, we,
1: I sit down with my family uh-huh. uh, and I, I eat, uh, then I clean up uh, dinner. And so it, it might be within a half hour, or it uh-huh. might be within an hour, um, or it, may, it might be as, as long as two hours. Mm uh-huh. hmm. I've seen. that's seems probably half a, hour to an hour yeah. is more common.
0: Okay, because I the other, um, you know, when I've been um, guiding people and just some of the research and things that I've seen is um, eating within a six hour period and having like maybe from a, anywhere from a thirteen to eighteen hour window. Have you just felt like you feel the best in your body, or do you feel like your research shows that like that two hour window is actually, you know, important so, for all of this epigenetic regulation?
1: the research is clear that periodic fasting calorie restriction is really the most potent. Mm -hmm. Time restricted feeding is also potent. Uh, And I caution you and your listeners from being too dogmatic. Mm -hmm. What you want people to do is what works comfortably in their life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, having one meal a day works very comfortably with uh, how I manage my life. Uh, It's, uh, it's so, Rather than be dogmatic, you have to eat within a two-hour window or a six-hour window. Um, I, I want people to first work on improving the quality of their diet. Mm-hmm. Do Walls diet level one or level two? When they're ready to to explore time-restricted feeding or fasting, we do that at a pace that will work with their with their life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really important. Obviously, this, these are um, lifestyle practices that are very against the grain um, of societal. You know, practices. And so you have to feel really comfortable and confident that you're in the approach that works for you. Um, and no, I, I agree. Um, do you have people measure their um, ketones or their fasting? Not their at all. Sugar? Okay. Do you feel Not like that's just too much?
1: If I have someone who I'm putting in a ketogenic diet for a therapeutic reason because of cancer or seizure disorder, that is a different circumstance, a different uh, treatment paradigm. Uh, and uh, that has different goals. And then, yes, for for that person, I will do blood ketones. Mm-hmm. Got it. But for time-restricted feeding, no, I I, I don't bother doing mm-hmm. ketones.
0: Do you have, um when you look at your protocols and the impact, um, you know, at just different basic blood work that you're tracking for success, is
1: there an optimal
0: blood oh, sugar that you um, want? So
1: we uh, follow the hemoglobin A1C, and the goal is to have that less than 5.2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, And I follow the lipids so I can sort out, um, uh, can they use uh, MCT oil uh, uh, and uh, coconut oil uh, and still have a ketogenic diet, uh, uh, or uh, do they have to uh, switch to an olive oil-based ketogenic diet? Mm -hmm. Are you looking
0: at one of the fractionated lipids particularly, or just the overall um, cholesterol picture?
1: Remember, uh, I... I grew up learning how to do all this in the VA system where I just mm-hmm. did basic Simple, right? <laughs> uh, uh, fasting lipids. You know, and I, I, uh, I discovered that, you know, I got great results doing just basic primary care labs. So mm-hmm. that's uh, what I typically have people do. If we don't get great results doing my basic primary care kinds of labs, then yes, I will investigate further. But mm-hmm. the, the reason people struggle is not usually because they we, we don't have the quite – the right lab data, it has much more to do with the fact that they weren't willing to go on this journey to make these big changes in their diet and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And the reason they weren't willing to do that was you didn't help them understand the elements of behavior change um, and what it was going to take to uh, believe it was possible to grow their internal motivation to be willing to do the work. Mm -hmm. No, it's such an important point,
0: and objective information doesn't always just change behavior automatically, right? A behavior is complex. It never but, changes behavior. Yeah, yeah. No, you, I, you
1: change behavior uh, because of you have the internal motivation, the willingness to do the work, uh, the personal uh, mission that you've been uh, you have now aligned with your desire to adopt this therapeutic diet and lifestyle because you understand the mechanisms why that change may have a huge impact on your health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then you could follow some objective measures to see your progress. But in the end, the only way that we're able to sustain things is because it changes how we feel and experience life.
0: Mm -hmm. Are you, as part of your methodology and your training, do you have behavioral uh, modification and uh, coaching and changing as part of it?
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I've created a, a, a much more granular behavior change model that I teach clinicians. And we use in our uh, Walls protocol seminar for the public and then for the certification program to teach the clinicians um, how to more effectively help their patients uh, create these um, changes
0: hmm It's so important. You could have all the information that a patient needs, but if they can't hear you, they don't get better, right? So I, I think I'm really, that's um, wonderful that you're doing that. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm sure, you know, of um, Dr. Kelly, Kelly Turner's work, which I'm just, you know, um, familiar with in her ideas around radical remission. and she studies cancer more, but um, all of what you're saying also lines up with her research of when she sees people radically heal from, um, you know, these terminal illnesses or chronic illnesses that they, number one, I think radically change their diet. And then, um, you know, all of these other aspects of changing their life and feeling propelled by a mission. And, you know, it's just, um, it, it's just, a, it's really lined up. You know, I always love when I hear things from all these different angles, but you see the themes and the patterns and what to really um, try to inspire patients to, to see. So, Dr. Walls, you mentioned, um, you know, when you were just talking about um, your Walls Protocol seminars. So, uh, well, do you you see patients one-on-one at all anymore or?
1: um... So, I I have a very limited uh, private practice where I do see uh, patients one-on-one. I I travel so much lecturing around the world that uh, there aren't many days in the year that I'm able to see patients. Mm -hmm. Um, I have probably a, a much, much larger impact with my live events where we have hundreds of people coming. And I am basically doing a group medicine, uh, functional medicine consult, walking people through as a group an evaluation of all of their health uh, events, their current symptoms uh, and their lifestyle factors to identify what were the major problems that led to their underlying health challenges. And what are the major diet and lifestyle interventions that will have, have, have the highest impact for them? Um, and, and then the, the other things that we do are a, a variety of uh, experiences to grow internal motivation, uh, to under, have it really deepen your understanding of what you want your health for mm. uh, and why you're willing to go on this journey and what that will look like for you. Uh, and so uh, this is a very interactive um, experience and then, and then we have a variety of, of lectures from other physicians and naturopaths like yourself that uh, provide some new insight on the latest uh, in a variety of areas that are well aligned with the walls protocol mm-hmm. it, It's really a a, a a very intense and very fun and almost spiritual uh, event. Mm-hmm. No, I can see that.
0: It sounds like it has a lot of not only really important health aspects, but just that, um, you know, the. I, I'm picturing like a Joe Dispenza or Tony Robbins or, you know, just integrating all yes, of it, right? Yes. Just to feel, you know, really impactful. And I am, um, you know, as you're talking too, uh, I mean, I think it's such a creative way to treat people given your limitations with time, but also an opportunity to help more people right and um there's probably a lot that happens within the collective or the community to support each other um you know in those experiences too right do do you find that people make um connections
1: that oh yeah with? Mm-hmm. people come back year after year um uh, and so you get to see people making progress uh, in their recovery you know people who were much more physically disabled uh beginning to recover people who are cheering on one another. Uh, And, you know, frankly, I also have a number of folks who lost their profession because of their underlying serious health challenge, discovered the Walls protocol, you know, came to the seminar, took the intervention much more seriously, uh, went back home, and really implemented the protocol and began to become well. And so then they decided, like, I want to go become a nutrition professional or a health coach because this is the work that now has meaning to me. So then they come back and then they uh, come back and get certified uh, as a practitioner and then come back every year uh, to deepen their experience and their um, uh, insights.
0: I love it. It's, it's just, you know, um, through the the journey people find their purpose and passion and what better health coaches or practitioners are those who have their own personal journey, right? To help others. It's, it's such yes. a full circle experience. Um, so, Dr. Walls, you have a new book coming up. Um, so yes. you revised the Walls protocol. And so tell us about what you updated and why you felt you needed to um, get a well, revision out there.
1: You know, uh, one, my book is such a resource uh, for folks. I felt like I need to keep it current with the latest research on the benefits of fasting, calorie restriction, uh, the additional things that we've learned about uh, ketosis. The additional things we've learned about uh, histamines, uh, oxalates, Mm -hmm. uh, the FODMAPs. So there's more nuanced information on the dietary interventions, uh, much more nuanced information on epigenetics, on uh, the microbiome. Uh, We've learned more about electrical stimulation of muscles Mm -hmm. and uh, more advanced strategies on neurorehabilitation and just how plastic the brain is. In terms of the ability for the brain to, in fact, uh, repair itself. Um, so, yeah, you know, about a third of the book is new material, uh, and it certainly it is. You, you want to keep up because I've changed my thinking on a, on a variety of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you definitely want to get the new book. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, it's um, you know we call it the art right the art and practice of medicine. Things are always evolving as you learn more, and I think that's wonderful that you you know, updated, uh, your book. No, I'm, I'm excited to check that out. And maybe, um, maybe we haven't made that point, but it, you don't have to have MS for the walls, pr- walls protocol to work, right? So. Correct. Um, correct.
1: So we have people with, uh, Hashimoto's do well with this, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, systemic lupus, uh, scleroderma, psoriasis. And then we have people with mental health issues, uh, anxiety, depression, uh, and, uh, for the, uh, millions who have concussions. Mm-hmm. you know, having problems with headaches after concussions. This has been very helpful for uh, those folks as well.
0: Mm-hmm. You no, know, I'm so
1: glad you brought that up.
0: Um, I see probably all of those illnesses and, you know, um, and there's so much more awareness right now too about the um, the effects of a traumatic brain injury or post-concussive syndrome, which, you um, know, people need to really, you know, look at, right? It's not just an isolated event, but it can have lasting ramifications. So I'm so glad you mentioned that as well. Um, and then just before we wrap up, you mentioned, you know, the neurostimulation of muscles, um, can, and I'm sure you go over this more in your book, but if people are listening and want to learn more, is there a methodology or like, should they go to their PT Mm therapist?
1: That's going to be a little, uh, tougher, uh, finding the physical therapist who can guide you. Uh Um, I, I would certainly suggest that you go, uh, to my book. Um, we do have a little course on e Okay. Oh, so if you do TerryWalls.com forward slash e uh, you'll you get a, a bit more information about that. Mm. Because I mean, that's part of what I learned is that it's yeah people have a hard time ex- uh, accessing information about this. So we put together a little course for them.
0: Great. I'll check that out. Um, oh, I see it here. I have your website. We'll link to it. Great, Dr. Walls. Any final words as we wrap up? I'm sure you're looking back on your life and your career and maybe you saw this was all possible, but oh my goodness, um, it must be, you might want to pinch yourself sometimes of how wonderful of an impact you've had. It's just quite quite an incredible story.
1: You know, what I want all of your readers and listeners to know is that if I can come back from as ill as I was, uh, brain fog, severe fatigue, struggling to walk, unable to sit up, Uh, facing intractable trigeminal neuralgia. If I can come back to a rich and full life, writing books, doing research, traveling the world, using diet and lifestyle, there's every reason for them to be hopeful that they could have improvements in their life as well. Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you so much
0: for those words of wisdom and your time today. And we'll link to all of your information into to your uh, new book in the show notes. And we're just uh, so honored that you were on the podcast today. And I know this will make a big impact on a lot of people's lives. So thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome. Take care now.
0: Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Dr. Walls and please check out her new revised Walls protocol book. I know you will find a ton of useful information, whether if that's for your own health, your family member's health or for your patient. Also, if you want to stay up to date with everything that we are doing, please check out my website, DrChristineSchaffner.com, and you can join um, our email list where we are continually sharing educational events and opportunities to connect. I hope you are staying safe and healthy and happy during this time.